un éxito. Si tú no quieres hablar conmigo, dímelo para yo no llamarte ni molestarte, porque nada más quedaba tú. Real talk, real people, real stories. The He's Just Podcast. Yeah! Welcome, everyone, to another He's Just Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the He's Just a Social Worker Movement, Jules Dujay, with another amazing show for you today. But before we get started, I want to remind everyone that this platform was built because too often, as people, we were overlooked and labeled. But this is no longer our plight and our fight is for anyone and everyone who feels a need to be understood. We are strong as individuals, but unstoppable when we unite. Friends, today's show, when we think about it year-round, especially for the holiday time, it's a wonderful time to remember the power of gratitude. There are studies that have shown us that being grateful is a good way to improve our health and our well-being. Many people also believe that being grateful can attract more of what you are grateful for in our lives, in work, in our relationships. However, if our gratitude is misguided or misplaced, it can hold us back and cause us to play small. We invite today the awesome Dr. Drayvon James. She is the founder of the Next Step Leadership Academy, a company that empowers women to use everything that shows up in their lives the good, the bad, and sometimes the otherwise, so that they can reach the next level of greatness. Dr. Drayvon is a transformation specialist using her everyday peace philosophy to coach women on how to master goal attainment. She's the author of an amazing book, Freedom is Your Birthright, and she's the host of Dr. Drayvon James' Everyday Peace on Unity Online Radio, coach on the Series XM Road Dog Trucking Show. She's also been an actress who was with a career that credits, including the recurring role of one of my favorites, The Wire. As a leader in the healthcare industry as well, she is more than three decades in to be the recipient of the Secretary of the McDonough Coin of Recognition for her leadership efforts to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Drayvon uses her training and expertise and her kindness to lead women to victory and beyond. We are so lucky to have an amazing guest, but don't get it twisted, friends. She's also had her journey, which started in poverty in Southside Chicago. She always had a dream of being on stage. And when she went to earn her doctorate in pharmacy from Creighton University, she worked as a pharmacist her whole entire adult life. Her medical career and her theatrical aspirations have never wavered. She's also taken a keen interest in personal development. And after reading Norman Vincent Peale's The Power of Positive Thinking in college, it changed her life. She went on to make a lifelong study of the power we all have to create to live the life that we want. Dr. Drayvon, welcome to our show. Thank you, Jules. I'm so excited to be here. You know, first and foremost, I want to say the word gratitude sticks out for a lot of people. We have to be grateful. But can you tell us a little bit about how you got started? What are you working on? And tell us about your journey and your walk. 
Yeah, I'd love to. So yeah, so you're right. Gratitude does play a part in every in every most of our lives if, if, if we're consciously aware. So as you mentioned, I'm from the South Side of Chicago originally, and uh, you know, had my fear of uh, hardships. Not just because I'm from the South Side of Chicago, but just because I'm a human. We all have hardships, right? And didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. So I grew up working really, really hard to get out of poverty. And but even through that, what I uh, even through that hardship and, you know, living in this life, life of financial lack, there was always this sense of gratitude instilled in me by my mom, who really uh, just, you know, you got to be thankful for where you are so you can get to where you want to go and really trained us to use gratitude to be a force to propel us forward. Uh, and we'll talk about in our show today that uh, I know a lot of people who use gratitude as a reason to stay stuck, but we used it to move forward. And so kind of started there in my life in poverty and, and my mom was a big advocate for education. So congratulations to her for all her hard work and her belief in a system of gratitude and education and hard work. So, and in there, and you know, if anybody who's ever wanted something in life and they never saw anybody else have that thing in their personal life that they wanted, um, you know, there's a lot of trials and tribulations. There's a lot of decisions that you make that absolutely are not the right decision, but you learn to, to power through them. My life is the same way. So through all of that, I decided that I was going to use everything that should have been my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, if you want to say it. I, I now say as I evolve, the wanted and the unwanted, because in my journey, we're always evolving, right? So I realized there's nothing that's good. There's nothing that's bad in and of itself. It's just your perceptions. So I would say the wanted and the unwanted things that should have been my life. I learned how to use those things to create and curate the life that I wanted. That's what I teach people is that whatever shows up, we're going to use that. Right? You just got to be open to use it. So in my journey, I had, you know, career disappointment, a 27 year marriage ended, um, you know, empty nested children. So all these things hurt, but learning how to use them to build the life that I wanted. You mentioned that I'm an actress. I'm in a show right now. And so I use all those emotions, all those things to embody a character nothing gets wasted in this journey it's like making soup stew right nothing gets wasted we can use everything if we choose to and gratitude is also one of those tools so um, what i'm working on right now like i said i'm in a show um that I'm doing right now. I'm thinking about going back on tour with some lovely women that, that we toured before, giving our message um, on um, empowering women. So we're sort of putting the tour together again. We just start getting in discussions about that and just really working on living in the moment, right? And I'm still, like, still, I'm a, I'm a life coach for um, not just men, not just women. I do life coach. Um, with men as well, but my leaders in high heels is strictly towards women and helping them get to their next level of greatness. However, they define greatness. Well, shout out to you, to the great women out there who are making changes and women. I've always said women have made a, a shift in life that sometimes men, we stay complacent, which is probably my next question. When we talk about gratitude, what is the difference between complacency and gratitude? when we talk about these well, two things? I love this question. So, right, I'm not going to get too religious or philosophical, but there's this thing in the Bible where Paul says, I've learned to be content 
in all situations, right? And that's a beautiful thing. I love that. He doesn't say that he learned to be complacent. He said he learned to be content, which means that if I'm standing here in this moment right now and it's not giving what I wanted to give in my life, it doesn't mean that I'm going to speak negative over it. I'm going to find something in this moment to be grateful for. However, however, I'm not going to use my gratitude to say that uh, I'm going to get stuck here. So I have this thing I talk about, talk to my clients. I say, we never want to use the word at least when we talk about mm -hmm. gratitude, right? Because it's two opposing energies, right? The at least energy keeps you stuck. Well, at least I have a job. Well, okay, that's good. It's good to be grateful for the income from that job. That's great to be grateful for the good that you can do on that job. But if you know that's not the end point for you, if that's not the goal that gets you jazzed in the morning to feel like, hey, this is this is my calling, then we're going to use that gratitude to propel us forward. We're not going to become complacent in that at least energy that just keeps us stuck in, you know, in, in mediocrity. So you really want to use uh, gratitude to propel you forward, not to keep you complacent. It does mean even in that situation, yes, the content part is that, you know, I can express there's some good here. There is some good in everything. Sometimes we have to look harder to find it, right? Especially if it's hurting us really bad, but there is some good in every situation. Trust me. And I know that's hard to hear for a lot of people, depending on where you are in your life right now. When you grateful for something in that moment, and then you use that energy of gratitude to help propel you to your next moment. One of the things I always tell the clients that I coach when we're thinking about ourselves, you know, a positive is just waking up and showing up. And I think that that's a great way to understand not to give up just by being there shows that you are willing to try. When we're thinking about how do I know if my gratitude is misplaced? And you, and you mentioned this about work being one way. You're working, you know you need to work, and there are areas that you need to fulfill. You know, your basic needs need to be done. But what are the things that we can do when our gratitude is misplaced? And are there any ways to reconnect it when we're lost in that? Yeah, that's. I like that question because when we talk about misplaced gratitude, what I think about is like gratitude that keeps you stuck, right? And that's that's not what gratitude is meant to do. Gratitude, like everything around us, is an energy, right? So that energy it needs to push you forward, drag you forward, propel you forward, if you will, right? So when you have misplaced gratitude, that's the gratitude that is fear-based, call mm. it what it is, right? It's fear-based gratitude that maybe you which really is self-imposed, if you're gonna be real about it. this is self-imposed because we are afraid to take that next step because we don't believe that we know enough, have enough, uh, or are enough, right? We, we're living in that lack mentality, which says that I don't know enough to make a move. So I'm going to camouflage my fear, mm. right? This is all self-imposed. We do this. I'm going to camouflage my fear with my at least gratitude, right? that at least statement, right? Well, at least I have a job, right? At least I have a relationship, right? That whenever you put at least in front of it, right? you are saying to yourself, I am going to, I'm going to support my fear. I'm not going to challenge myself forward. So how do we do that? We say, you know what, this is what I'm grateful for. I got bills to pay, right? I got responsibilities and this job helps me to meet those responsibilities. I'm also grateful for my awareness that I have more to give. Doesn't mean this job isn't good. Doesn't mean this situation isn't good. It's just not the best situation for me. 
Mm-hmm. I apologize for that. Is that the best situation for me, um, for, for where I want to take my life, right? Doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's not good because I tell people a lot of times you stay in a situation too long, you're actually holding up a spot that belonged to somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Your time there is done. You got your learning. It's time for you to move on, right? So you become grateful for what it is doing right? And what you're learning about yourself, because that's what this whole journey is about for you to learn about you. So what you're learning about yourself is like, oh, wow, being in this situation, whatever it is, has helped me to realize these things about myself, right? I love that. I'm grateful for this environment that helped me to do that. You know, this at least and being socially aware, that is so beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Draymond, for that. You know, one of the things that drew me to you, and please take your time to answer this, Today will move in the direction of your most dominant thought, not your dominant action. I I tell people that all the time. That's my thing. Life moves in the direction of your most dominant thought. So this again is talks about gratitude, right? Gratitude is an energy. And I like to use this example. Um, I have Two kids now are 23 and 20, but when they were little, we were going to Disney World, you know, went there a few times, right? And that energy that they that children have when you're going to, to Disney World, right? You're going to go there, it's that magical place, right? And they're so grateful. Oh my, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, right? It's gratitude. You could feel it almost like coming off of their body like heat waves, right? And they have this sensation of gratitude. And hold that in your mind and think about what you're grateful for. And if it's not inspiring you like that, right? Mm. you need to go back and ask questions or you need to get excited because we can manufacture excitement too. So you need to get excited because that dominant thought, you know, I'm going to Disney World, I'm going to Disney World, propels more things or propels you forward and draws into your life um, circumstances more things that cause you to feel that way. Your life moves in the direction of your most dominant thought. Uh, examining your thoughts. What do you spend your time thinking about? Well, most people spend their time thinking about what they don't want, mm. right? From the smallest thing to the largest thing, right? I you know um, there's a, used to be this joke, you know, I wish somebody would, right? So always talking about what we don't want, right? From, from the weather, we don't want this kind of weather. We don't want this kind of thing to happen when we get to our job, right? Instead of focusing on what we do want, but that don't want energy, we have a whole scenario about it. We've played it out a thousand and one times in our mind and doggone it. If we don't draw more things in our life that mm. perpetuate that situation for us, that negativity. So in our lives, we want to find that Disney world. Going back to my example about my children, you want to find that Disney world um, energy, what gets you excited. And there you want to stay in that, you know, if you're thinking about a new job, a new career, a new diet, even a new relationship, you want to start getting excited about everything about it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to, you know, try on these new jeans, or I can't wait to um, walk in on the first day of this new job or walk down the aisle in this marriage. But you want to get so excited about that thing till it becomes the energy that you radiate, because Mm. that's going to be the stuff that you draw in. It's like a magnet. When you when you put that energy out, that's what's drawing into you. And we can search our own lives for that. People, I, I coach people who say, you know, this is the worst year of my life. And so I start talking and we start getting into a relationship and they start telling about things that are going on in their life. 
And I just started asking, well, you know, what, what are you thinking about? Mm. Well, you know, I was thinking if this happens, then this happens. We start becoming more aware of where our attention is, where our thoughts are in our private time. And we realize we've drawn maybe not that exact, not, not that exact situation, but that exact energy, those exact feelings that make us feel less than, make us feel not enough, make us feel small. So that attention to what we are feeling, we really want to get into that space of that Disney World energy. Get excited. This is your life. Mm -hmm. This is not a practice run. If you don't like what's showing up, start paying attention to what you're thinking about. There are so many great things that you responded in this answer. And I'm thinking like my head is spinning around in different ways, but I work with children in the school system and whether my day is going good or bad, whether I had a bad situation happen before I arrive, something magically happens as soon as I see the children smiling, approaching you, just as having a pet, you see this pet loves you unconditionally. So that is so great to have that Disney attitude about things because there are so many times that we can say the negative always does come up, but it doesn't have to forecast what our future will embellish. So I'm so lucky to have you on to really highlight that for our you know, listeners about your book, which I plan to have on our website. What do you want our readers to get out of your book? Freedom is your birthright. Yes. Okay. So the main takeaway from that book is that you are the star of your life. You're also the director, right? So what, what, what I mean by that is that situations show up that we may not have selected. I know they've showed up in my life. Like if I had a choice, I would not have chosen this situation. However, I find myself in a particular situation. We'll call it a unwanted situation. I have two choices, right? Um, and that is, I can say this situation, whatever it is, is going to be the ruin of me. This is it. Mm. This is going to be the ruin of my day, of my morning, of my life, of my year, whatever. Or I could say, wow, this situation right here is going to be the reason that I succeed. Mm. This right here is going to be the reason that I have the best morning ever, the best week, the best month, the best year. I have to make that decision. And I do make that decision. And every, each and every one of us makes that decision. We don't always make it consciously. We make it subconsciously because we get into a habit, you know, and habits are a great thing to discuss, right? We get into a habit of formulating this process. Like when this happens, it's like Pavlov dog, right? Uh, experiment. Mm -hmm. When this happens, I, I behave in this way. Mm -hmm. Become aware of that situation. Oh, when the alarm clock, clock goes off in the morning, I automatically feel like, oh, here goes another wasted day in my life. Really? Well, it's your life who's wasting it, right? You change how you feel about it. the alarm clock goes off and you may be going to a place that you absolutely do not want to go to, right? And you wake up and you say, here I go being victorious in a very difficult situation again. How amazing am I, right? Mm -hmm. Change the narrative, change the story. The situation will follow. It doesn't go the opposite way around. We're looking for the situation to change and then we'll start talking different about it. Nope, that's not what happens. You know, the holiday time is a very difficult time for many of us. Um, yeah. Some some of us have experienced a lost grief, um, a certain change. And just growing up, I tend to see the holiday times to also change. We no longer get together in the big packs like we used to, at least on my side of the family, like I remember. But thinking about those things, 
and we're finding these little pockets, what can you advise some of our clients who have either moved out of state, can't connect with their loved ones? What are things that you think you can support their gratitude and to be uplifted with? Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because even, you know, a lot of us, life has changed. It doesn't look like we thought it would look at this stage in our life, right? And especially around the holiday times when we're looking for traditions, right? That's what we want. We have these traditions that help make us who we are, right? So first of all, give yourself a moment just to sit with that, right? Never run away from what you are feeling. That's what you're feeling, right? You know, we in, in, in some way, I think that honors those who've been a part of our past to say, yeah, I miss this, you were here, you're not here, you know. Um, so honor that, right? But then don't stay there. Make new traditions, wherever you are, wherever you are, start small. Don't overwhelm yourself. Say, I'm doing this because of this. And, you know, when I was growing up, we used to do this. My mom is no longer with us, right? But this is a tradition that she started. I'm no longer with my family, but I can do. I can go and give this kindness away. I can volunteer somewhere. One of my favorite things to do used to be to do before I had children was to volunteer and do uh, things at Thanksgiving, like soup kitchens and things of that nature. I used to do that when I was younger. It would help me to deal with the fact that I wasn't around my family. I had moved far away. So to give that kindness and joy and watch somebody else, right? Because of the traditions and the the love that my mom had put into me to give and to help and to serve, to go out and give that to somebody else. So find whatever it is that you have that's inside of you, that's good, that you love, mm -hmm. and give it away. Right? Multiply it, put it out in the universe, make a quantum leap with that thing, whatever that thing is inside of you. So I, I used to love how we used to do uh, Christmas gift exchange. You go just go buy socks and take socks to a shelter. It would be amazing. It would mm. be amazing. That's an exchange that you're giving to somebody else. Find how to give whatever that thing is. You give it to somebody else and multiply it and you will feel better. Because the thing about the holiday seasons that we really uh, get so much magic out of, it is the giving. Mm. It really is the giving. And when we're alone and separated from people, we, realize, we think, I don't, who, who do I give to? There are people out there who you could give to that would give you that warm feeling. So find a way to give that thing away that you miss so much. Wow. I mean, giving back is so big during the holiday season, but I also push people to think about, at least on this platform, we always talk about making sure that every day is a holiday, that we're trying to do the best thing for the next man at every moment, because one day we're not at our best and someone steps up and gives us their hand it's unforgettable. They don't know what we may have now transformed ourselves. So I'm so lucky to, you know, have you here with us, but also for our listeners, it's such a treat to hear this mindset change and how this flows to support people. Because during these times, we always are caught up in between situations about masking ourselves to be something that we are not. Be yourself at every single stop. And I think that that will be something that you can always talk about when you when you talk about your clients who are struggling or they're trying to channel their best selves you know when they're feeling down do you have them create a gratitude list or what are things that you think will be helpful to them and to our listeners who may need to get organized around being grateful 
Okay, I'm, this is a great question. I'm smiling because my gratitude practice is so simplistic, but it is so impactful. So, uh, and as my personal practice, which I share with my clients, I share it everywhere, and I encourage people to do it. It'll sound really simple, like, "Oh, is that going to work?" It's going to work. So it's called an active gratitude practice. What I have, and let me explain the word active first of all, because everything moves in our lives based on energy, right? And so in place of the word energy, you could say emotions, right? How you feel right now, right? How do you feel happy? Do you feel sad? Are you in a neutral place, right? So when I talk about active gratitude, I am going to actively engage in feeling um, dynamic and happy about whatever I'm writing on this active gratitude card. So keep that in mind. So when I wake up in the morning, I grab two things on my nightstand a little index card and a writing utensil. And on one side of that card, I write down three things that I'm grateful for that happened yesterday. Only three, and they must have happened the day before, not two days before, the day before, very important. And they could be anything, small, big, large. Stop looking for real large stuff all the time too. It's the small stuff that we miss out on that could lead to the big stuff. So on the opposite side of that card, I write down three things that I'm grateful for that have not happened yet, but are going to happen today, right? Mm. So, and how do I know they're going to happen today? Because there are three things that I am in control of, right? I, that me, I can control. So I'm happy today. It, it could be something as simple as that. I'm, I'm so grateful today that I'm going to stay focused on my task, whatever that task is. I'm going to focus and I'm going to take breaks every 10, you know, every hour, take a 10 minute break to rejuvenate myself, whatever it is. You write down three things that you're grateful for that have not happened yet, but will happen today. How do you know they're going to happen today? Because you're in control of them, right? So why do I do this? Very important. Because the mind loves two, two places in time, the past mm-hmm. and the future, right? Depression, and anxiety, right? <laughs> so it likes to talk, think about the past, either it's the good old days or how it was victimized in the past. When that starts to happen, gratitude kicks in. And I tell myself, no, 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 no. I'll tell you what to think about in the past. You can only go to this point, these three things here, and I get grateful again. I kick in that gratitude because gratitude is an energy. It's going to remember your life moves in the direction of your most dominant thought. I'm making sure that I'm controlling the narrative to the degree that I can so that I bring in more grateful things to happen, more things that cause me to be grateful. So my mind starts thinking back to the past. Oh, you didn't get the promotion. You didn't get this. I said, no, 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 no. Where's my card? It's always with me. It's hanging on my computer, my work is in my pocket, it's in my purse. So I pick it out. I say, okay, these are the three things I'm going to focus about, about the past. When I start getting anxious about the future, I don't know how I'm going to pay tuition. Don't know how to, oh, no, 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 no. These are the, you want to think about the future? I, I control the narrative from my mind and say, these are the three things you can think about for the future. There are always things that I'm grateful for, which pushes my energy into, again, my life moves in the direction of my most, most dominant thought. My energy is always on, my focus is always on things that make me feel grateful, not things that make me feel fearful or things that make me feel small or things that make me feel like I'm not enough, right? So this simple practice of having a gratitude card, active gratitude, little index card, three things that happened yesterday that you're grateful for, three things that are going to happen today that you're grateful for. And that's my simple gratitude practice. And I want to say for people who are really struggling, because I've been there in my lifetime, 
And one day I woke up and I couldn't think what to write on my card. I was like, I'm really, you know, my marriage is over. <laughs> you know, I got diagnosed with a, a, a autoimmune disorder. I had lost my job all in the same two or three month period. And I couldn't think of anything to write. So I remember writing on my gratitude card. I'm thankful that I could breathe on my own. I'm thankful that I could blink, you know, and the other one, I can't remember, but it was some small thing. I got so excited about mm. those three things on that one side of the card. On the flip side of the card, I wrote that today I intend to keep breathing on my own. I intend to keep blinking on my own. By the time I got out of the bed, it sounds silly, but my whole energy had changed, right? I was transforming myself moment by moment into the woman that I wanted to become. Mm. This, this is what gratitude can do for us. It's very, very powerful. That is amazing in that when you think about it, it's an active list one that you can propel yourself just by three basic things, adding three new ones. Really, really, really love that. Is there a way to add other people to this gratitude list? I mean, like a group of it? Can you have two or three people join? Is that okay? Or you just do it? Yeah, I encourage people, get, you know, because you this life is about one another and each other, right? Encourage people to join so you can share if you feel like you do want to share, right? I do my gratitude practice alone in the morning, but people come into my offices, post it on my, on my on my computer, like, oh, what you grateful for it for today? And I encourage people to get on that bandwagon because if you think about it, right, mm-hmm. um, our day is spent one another and each other. You're either going to have a conversation with somebody which is going to perpetuate their fears or introduce them to their greatness. Mm. And we perpetuate fears all the time. Oh, did you see the traffic? Oh, did you hear about the stock exchange? Oh, did you hear the laying off people? Oh, did you hear perpetuating fear? But when you have this practice, hey, let's get on this gratitude thing. Did you write your gratitude card today? Right. Did you send somebody a, a message to say, hey, I'm grateful for this today and I'm also grateful for you? What are you grateful for? Start that conversation. Remember, so very important when you start refocusing your life and joining people in there, right? Because where two or three are gathered, we get more of that great energy or we get more of that destructive energy. You get to choose, right? So, but you get more of that great energy, more great stuff starts showing up in your life. You know, I have a past guest, Apostle Sterling, and we recorded a podcast, and she is a domestic violence survivor. I'm so grateful to her, and I know she's listening, and I want to send this out to her. There are many times during the year that we activate ourselves in thinking about why we became friends, why we got connected, and this is going out to her. I am grateful to her, and I'm motivated to continue to push her just as she does me, And this is one way to kind of ignite others, because as you said, there are many times that we cannot find it in ourselves to find something that's positive. How can we activate someone else and maybe have that power leashed on and our worries will become lessened? There are are ways that when you talked about health, as I was hearing you about the breathing and, and probably blinking, I am grateful for that. We understand that being grateful is almost a divinity. It is a spiritual piece that's connected to that because there's so much goodness and kindness that comes out of the um, spirituality. When someone is in the um, hospital, thank God I didn't lose my life. Thank God I didn't do this, right? Are there ways that you can combine gratitude and spirituality or gratitude and exercising? Is that like a dual combo? 
in something that can happen. Yeah, I love that. So gratitude is that dish that goes with everything, right? <laughs> so, um, mm. and uh, and it has to, right? You have to be able to just go. I've worked in healthcare for oh my gosh, all my life, and you know, one of the things that I do in the morning as I'm commuting into work is I, I, I'm grateful for the patients that are there. I'm, I'm grateful for the facility, right? And uh, my mom, who I recently lost uh, when she was in, in in hospice, and I was grateful for, you know, the providers that were there and the nurses that were there. And uh, it helped me to get through a very, very hard time, you know, focusing on my mom's life and what she was struggling with, but then also focusing on those caregivers, right? They're, they're there, the providers, the nurses, the, the people who are preparing the meals, everything, and really sending um, positive energy and gratitude to them helped me to walk differently because I realized that it opens the world up so I don't feel so small and so insignificant. I realized I got all of these people showing up today, mm. right? caring for somebody that I care so deeply for, right? It changes how you move on the earth. And it, and it actually, for me, one of the hardest things in my life that I had to go through was losing my mom, but it helped me to uh, utilize that hard situation for some good, to do some good with it, right? So when I walked in that place, I could have a smile on my face that could penetrate somebody else's life. I could be able to say to somebody, I'm so grateful. Thank you for what you're doing for my mom. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your knowledge. Thank you, you know, utilizing that. You talk about exercise, right? Not um, one of the things that a lot of us like to do, but hopefully you find something that you do like to do. Not, not everybody has to run a marathon or be in the gym pumping iron all day, but find something that you do want to do because movement is important as much as your body will allow you to do. But in that space of um, reorganizing your life and re-engineering your life and bringing some new healthy habits into your life, be grateful first for the awareness. Go small, don't overwhelm yourself, right? And yes, your spirituality, your religion can be a part of that, right? It doesn't have to be, but it certainly can be. You can be grateful for the fact that you had a savior, grateful for the fact that you have a community, right? Mm. And for those people who, who don't embrace that part of life, it's not necessary. You'd be grateful for wherever you are right now. Gratitude is a dish that can be served with everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When, we, when we talk about being grateful for others, and, and thank you so much for, for that beautiful skit about your mom. I, I also lost my mom this year, and I know how difficult that is. And I know that for those of us who have taken that path, it's very difficult and sometimes dark. But I am um, lifting you up and people like you who find the positive in this to support others through what sounds like the way your mom approached it and how she wanted things. People don't expect someone in a difficult time to really step in and do something as unique as thanking them in such a difficult process. What are ways that you fill up your cup, you know, to think about the ways that you're trying your best and you're trying to implement, whether that is in your acting, whether it is in your day job, whether it is in your coaching, what are ways that you fill up your cup to kind of say to yourself, I am on the right path? 
Oh, this is probably the best question, and at least for me to be able to answer, because I think a key point that people miss a lot of times is that that cup does have to be full if you're going to be able to give to other people in a way that is healthy and they can receive it, right? We give from our overflow. So the major way that I fill up my cup is that I fill it up, and I teach my clients the same thing is I start off with being grateful for Drayvon, Right. And being grateful for Drayvon just the way she is right now today. Now, who she hopes to be tomorrow, right? And even being grateful for the person that she was yesterday because she wasn't perfect yesterday. She didn't show up on the in, in her life situations 100% perfect yesterday. And she made a lot of mistakes. And I'm grateful that she gets today is a redo. Mm. I get a redo. I mean, I'd be able to do that situation, but I get a redo in who Drayvon is today she wants to show up today those will be challenges today how do i want to show up and what can i learn from yesterday so i can be closer to who i want to be in this moment today so i i feed drayvon first from the plentiful table of gratitude and being grateful for everything if the organs in my body the way my brain works right the way i perceive things the emotions that i can feel them right i'm not going to shy away from when i don't feel um positive, right? We all have, thank goodness, if we're healthy, we are in tune with all of our emotions, right? Sadness, anger, all of them. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I say, oh my goodness, you are self-aware enough to know that you're angry right now. You're overwhelmed right now. How can I help you? I start with Trayvon. Mm. That helps me to be more empathetic with others, right? Because when we deny ourselves that civility, it's really not that authentic when we give it to somebody else. Mm. Right? We give to ourselves that which we want to receive. Give that to ourselves in the form of being kind, understanding, not making mistakes. I had a client one day who told me he's always late to work and he forgives himself all the time. Okay, well, you're not going to make excuses. You do want to make corrections, right? So I, it made me laugh when he said, he goes, oh, yeah, I just forgive myself for being. So we're not saying that we're using gratitude for our, for ourselves to be to show up not at our best we do want to show up at our best we just don't want to be too hard on ourselves when we miss the mark because missing the mark is part of the journey we learn from that too mm. tell us about the next step leadership academy what makes you so proud about that venture oh next step leadership academy is what i developed after years of working with both men and women in leadership and life coaching and executive coaching. And I noticed that there was a trend amongst my female clients that I didn't necessarily see in my male clients. And that was that not yet, I'm not good enough yet. And I didn't necessarily see that in my male clients. I saw them as they were like, oh yeah, I may not have all of that yet, but I'm ready. I think I could take it on. And I started researching and asking myself, what was it? Why are we in this not yet? I'm not good enough yet. Why aren't we so uh, uh, big on taking taking the leap or taking the jump to our next level of greatness? And so uh, that's how I started Next Step Leadership Academy and saying, we're taking the next step. We are good enough for the next step now. Right? And coaching women to that. So I'm really proud of that because oftentimes women sell themselves short because everything in their life isn't lined up 
perfectly in a row and they believe that they can't make a move until it is. So I'm proud of help, helping myself and women pass that part of our journey into our next step of greatness. That is so beautiful. I, I am just thinking about all the great things that you do. You wear so many hats. There are so many things that you do, but tell us about coaching. What do you enjoy about that so much? Goodness gracious. Okay, so this is a big one. I start with this statement that I tell people when they tell me, oh, I don't need a life coach. And um, so I talk about LeBron James and however you fall in basketball, doesn't really matter. It just matters that we know that this is a player that's had several rings in his career, right? And he still has a coach. He never reached a point in his career where saying, you know, I pretty much got it. I'm a superstar. I no longer need a coach. He says, if I want to win year after year, I'm going to need a coach. So that's how important I think coaching is if you want to continue to win, whatever your definition of winning is. And so I see a coach as that person who is for you, probably like none other, because that person doesn't have a hidden agenda. They don't have, a, this is what I have, a you know, as much as I am a, as a mom, I love my children, they're 23 and 20, I still have those mom dreams and aspirations. So sometimes when they talk to me, I try to be, you know, very neutral and say, oh yeah, that's nice. But in my heart and soul, I know that I'm your mom and I know that your potential, I know you like nobody else. I want you to go do this. I may not necessarily say that, but that's in my heart and soul. Probably a lot of parents are that way. We have a life coach is different though. The life coach has no preconceived notions about anything. They just hear the words and listen intently to what you want. They're on your team. There is nothing that they have that is, um, it says, I want to drive you to the left or to the right. Where do you want to go? And then they hold you accountable to making a plan, setting goals and revisiting and self-assessment. So coaching to me, whether it's a, through a clergy person or, you know, I, I, I'm really cautious on close friends and family members just because that, that little bias is there, but sometimes they can get past that and they can be great too. But I think coaching, you having a life coach, me having a life coach, our listeners having a life coach, probably one of the best things you could do for your life. Mm. Dr. Drayvon, always there are people who lift us up and push us to do this work. Are there clients or is there a client that you can think about a struggle that they went through that really pushes you every day and say, you know what? I'm going to put it up today because if this person did it, I can do it. I can do it for them. Is there such a client for you that really moves you? There's probably not just one client. It is probably a uh, summation of what I get to hear. I, I'm fortunate that I get to have intimate conversations and things that probably people wouldn't tell anybody else that I get to be a part of that in their lives and giving and receiving are both the same things, right? So as they, as they are receiving the coaching from me, they're also giving to me the opportunity to search myself. So one thing does come in play. I was listening to a client um, last week on Wednesday and she was telling me about a struggle that she was having with her parents. And as she was talking about that struggle that she was having with her parents, she's an adult, her parents are, you know, older. And it helped me to walk in my day throughout my day. I meet with her at six o'clock in the morning before I go into work. And so um, 
it helped me to walk through my day differently, right? Now, not that her struggle was my struggle, but just listening to her and walking through her thought, thought pattern with her and her goal planning and all that stuff, it impacted me and caused me to be more self-aware. So in that way, I get from my clients every day. They help me to tap into myself, right? To become more self-aware because it's easy to walk through this world, through our day, almost comatose, right? We walk through it just a memory. We're not paying attention to anything. But that particular Wednesday, last Wednesday, I was really cautious of how my words landed on people because uh, just that exchange with her and listen to what had happened with her that day, the day prior. So yeah, my, my clients have a huge impact on my life as well as I do on theirs. So it's a give and receive relationship. I love that. And thank you for, for, for sharing because oftentimes we have situations that we draw from and, and listening to your gratitude list and being able to put one I, I currently have one and just says, wake up. And I'll put it as my screensaver, wake up. It wasn't nothing in particular because I'm always motivated to try to do my best. But there are times that I have to channel more of me that I just can't find it. And sometimes I need to remember the people that helped me find that. Are there times for you, whether that was in acting in your real life career, in, in coaching, in leading these powerful women, are there times that you doubt yourself and say to yourself, here's a time that really, really impacted me and I can't really find it. How do you get up and get it? How do you wake up? Oh, that is such a good question because I think people think that people who do this kind of work, your work, my work, are like above, you know, we're, 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 we're um, not in the struggle anymore. And it's so not true, right? You know, um, this even, I think, goes beyond when they talk about imposter syndrome. You think about, you know, I'm not perfect. How could I possibly teach? And I think in your imperfection is why you can teach and why you can give is because you recognize that you're not perfect. But yeah, there are moments, and I would think, you know, the most humbling thing that I ever did in my life was to be a, to be a mom, right? And to be, to think that, you know, I knew enough to parent as so many of us do, right? But uh, it humbles me to know, I think back and I, and I have women who are, you know, raising younger children. So I think, well, during that time. And even now I look back and I think, oh, so many mistakes. But what helps me to know is that love trumps everything. Mm. You don't have to be perfect. You have to be striving to be better than what you were, right? We're not looking for perfection because the same fears that I feel and inadequacies that I feel, probably everybody feels, or they feel their own set of inadequacies. And, and what if, we all stop giving what we feel uh, is our gift to give because we felt inadequate, right? We would be nowhere. We are so it is through this. Uh, this is our humanity, right? This is how we become empathetic and say, you know, I'm not perfect in this. I want to share with you what I've learned, what I experienced, and you can do with that what it's meant to do in your life. Truly, truly, life coaching and and just life is like being at a um. Oh, you can eat buffet. There are some dishes you're going to pick up and love, and there's some dishes you're not going to pick up, right? But it's here for you. So that's how I feel. Like I'm here um, to share my learning, my journey, right? And and my inadequacies, all of it. Mm -hmm. I want to I want to shift gears here a bit and bring in work into this. Many of us sometimes are going up for a promotion, and we're grateful to even be 
thought of, right? Because we're most of us are focused on goals and we're thinking about, I'm going to come in, I'm going to show them what I can do and see myself become supervisor, manager, director, whatever that is. And along that goal-oriented journey, some things happen, some things don't. It doesn't go as seamless. But finally, you do reach there. And when you finally get to that pinnacle that you thought, it really isn't what you thought it was. Because now you're working double. Maybe you're overworked. Maybe you're not even being looked at with the same love and respect that you had when you were just the ordinary person working. Can you tell our people who are now in this shift that they're together on this, I'm going to be director, and you finally get there. It doesn't seem to be what you thought it was. How can we be grateful about that? Yeah, so that's wonderful. That's a wonderful question, too. It's so interesting. I have I, I've had so many clients. I got a client who was sort of in a situation like that. But so if you if you find yourself and you're already there, you've already done all the hard work to get there and you're in that position and it does not sparkle like you thought it would sparkle. Well, welcome to the real world. Right? You probably have had that in, in other parts of your life, too. Right. So you're going to be grateful for the fact that you accomplished a goal, first of all. I'm grateful for the fact that you accomplished the goal. Grateful for the, if you're there, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you belong there, right? That door was opened. It wasn't easy to get to where you are. You are there. Maybe it doesn't feel as fulfilling as you thought it would be. But you be grateful for the fact that you have what you have to give in that moment. Be grateful for the people that challenge you because they'll make you your better self right? Mm -hmm. Be grateful for the relationships that came into your life as a result of this. And also be grateful for the relationships that leave your life because of this, because life is attrition. People will come, people will go. Do not be focused on trying to keep things the same. Mm. Instead, be grateful for being able to be in flow. Life is changing. Something new is in your life. And it probably doesn't feel easy. It may not even feel good right now. That does not mean that you don't belong where you are. Be grateful for the fact that you're here for the experience. You're going to learn. You're going to grow into this. And no, things are not going to be the same. They're not. And if you're there for a little while, this is what I tell people too. It does, this is not a lifetime sentence. You can change your mind at any time. Be grateful for that too. Mm. Love that. Change your mind and be sure sometimes I even walk out and say, no, thank you, because sometimes we're being told something that probably sounds like it's so good to be true. This is it. Everyone is going to recognize me now because, yes, now I am Mr. Such and Such. But titles are nothing that we are talked about here as something that is powerful. We look at power in the people who want to raise their voices. So I am so grateful for you and for that beautiful answer. What do you do for self-care? Because it doesn't sound like you sleep too much. You got all these jobs. What do you do for self-care? How do you take care well, of I wanna, That's a great question, too. So I now have adopted this. I have to sleep seven to eight hours a night. Getting older. I, I always thought sleep was important, but, you know, it, just, it was the last thing. So now I'm, I am getting that sleep in there. But for self-care, for me, oh, my goodness, time in nature, whether it's mm. a walk or a bike ride, I, I have to have some time in nature. Um, long, 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 luxurious bubble baths. <laughs> Without the bubbles, yeah. sometime I don't care. Just time in the bath. Meditation, mm. right? And I know meditation scares a lot of people, but it does. It's, it's not really that deep. You meditate for two minutes. Why just let my brain rest? 
Mm. Right. That's self-care for me. And then I like to cook and mm. experiment in the kitchen with healthier meals as I get older and try to make some of those traditional meals that I grew up on a little bit healthier for my um, health condition. So yeah, those things, those things build me up and remind me that uh, I am enough right now and I am important. And that message is not just for me. That's for every listener that we have today. You are important right where you are today. Mm. You'd be amazed at the people that are encouraged just by you showing up. And I remind myself of that as part of my self-care, my self-love. Mm. Now that we're talking about the power of the woman and you have helped shape this world to make it a better place, helping women and women of color especially, how do you feel this area is building? Because I am so happy to say that people look like us and talk like us are taking onto these positions. How does that make you feel? Or, or is there still work to be done in that equity piece? I think there's always room for growth and development, you know, for us to grow. But I got to tell you, it makes me feel really, really good. A lot of my um, mentors uh, on this journey of um, studying what I now call peace, right, didn't necessarily look like me. And that didn't stop me from pursuing it. But I think maybe in the back of our minds somewhere, I know that growing up as a minority, you always feel that part of your story, because it isn't mainstream, or if it is, told is not told with the the, the truth no one can know it because other people who look like you know that part of the journey the people can hear the words but they don't know the feeling behind it so it's so great now to see so many um you know black brown yellow people doing this work and uh, having options so when you say things interesting story i would have a client and recently and we we're just talking about something and it was the nod right which it's just a nod right you don't think of anything but just in that nod right there's so much that happens in the unspoken gestures of intimacy within cultures right which doesn't mean that we can't relate interculturally because we do but um that intimacy that happens there, I think it's really, really important. I think it's really cause, especially in African-American community where uh, life coaching or social work or uh, any psychological coaching was probably frowned upon many, many years because, you know, we just didn't, that wasn't something that was really embraced, you know, by our culture. But I think over the years, because we've had such a, a huge amount of people, you know, different ethnicities, people in the African-American community have been a bit more like, yeah, I think I'm going to get some coaching or some therapy and deal with some issues. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Whatever needs to happen for us as a whole collective people, all people to become more embracing of who we are, right? It starts there. Right, because every time we see external hatred, it always started with internal hatred, right? So become more embracing of who we are. That's a beautiful thing. If it, more people get into this um, life coaching of all different ethnicities, and you know, we're only going to see more response from people who will benefit from that. Embrace yourself. Really like that, Dr. Dravon. Lovely show. The floor is yours. What do you want our listeners to remember about you? Tell us what you think needs to happen, how to be more grateful. 
Yeah. So I think the one takeaway point, if we've talked about a lot in this show, you're an amazing, amazing interviewer. So I think the one takeaway here today is that to know that you are enough right now with all of your fears, all of your so-called mistakes, which really aren't mistakes, you all those things that you wish that you hadn't said, but did say, hadn't done, but did do, they all are part of a magical, magical story about you and your journey. You are enough right now to get to your next level of greatness. But right now in this moment, be grateful for who you are because all those things in the past are things that you were victorious over. I know that because you're still here. Mm. And yes, listen to Dr. Drayvon. I am enough. Yes, I am. And yes, I will. Because I will continue to push that envelope further, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what my fears are, no matter what I'm thinking about. I know my results will be because I am enough. Because on this platform, we never get overlooked. Because too often people thought they could box us in and tell us because they had titles over us that they can, but they can't because our plight and our fight is for anyone and everyone who feels the need to be understood. We are strong as individuals, but unstoppable when we unite. Tune in, friends, to another He's Just a Social Worker show coming to a town near you real soon. We are. Please note that the views expressed here are my own and not a representation of my employers and clients. Thank you for listening. We're always here for you. Just message us and we'll get back to you within 24 hours. Thank you. More than just at He's Just a Social Worker. In memory of my mother, Matilde De La Rosa, this is dedicated to you, Mom. Miss you so much. En memoria de mi madre, Matilde de la Rosa, esto va dedicado a ti, mamá. Te extraño mucho.